0: Well, good morning, everyone. Good morning. Man, it is good to be back. I was gone for two weeks on a little staycation, you know, did a little trip to the North Shore, little trip here, little trip there, little trip to my couch, take a number of naps and then be interrupted by the kids. So it's, it's good to be back. And this last week, um, um, we went to church or I went to uh, church somewhere, somewhere else at a friend's church Um, And, and I was reminded of something. It is awkward going to church for the first time. Like I walked in there my, my friend was the, the, the preacher there. He's a preacher there. And it's a, it's a large church and you walk up there and you don't know anybody. And I'm walking there and kind of like navigating through all the holy huddles. You know everyone, you know, the holy huddle. Okay, you got it. All right, got it, just making sure. And 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 then I sat down, you know, all by myself and you know, looked at the program and seeing what's going on, sang the songs, did the message, but there wasn't really a lot of connection. And it reminded me of this of just how awkward it can be coming to church for the first time. So so for those of you who are here for the first time or you're visiting with us again, let me Just share my heart with you. I understand... You could be feeling awkward and weird and like, what's this whole thing about? What's this church about? But understand that this is a loving church. This is a warm church. And if you're here for the first time, I would love to get to know you, and everyone here would love to get to know you. So just uh, come chat with me afterwards or chat with anyone afterwards. The other thing is for those who call this your home and you see somebody that you may not recognize for the first time, and and you're like, I don't know if I know this person. All you have to say is, is, hey, hi, my name is such and such. Um, what what 's your name? Have we met before that that type of deal because we want to continue being a warm ohana a warm family and that 's what uh, Kaimaki Christian Church has been known for for so many years so it 's just a, it was a good reminder for me going to church for the first time. Everything about the pastor going to a different church for the first time it 's still awkward doesn 't matter. So so, just keep that in mind. And uh, while I was gone, Pastors Novo and Marie were gone too. And uh, they were on a mission trip to Samoa. And Marie is going to come up here and share a little bit about um, this amazing mission trip. But there was a lot of intergenerational. We, we just got done with the series Growing Young. And the whole idea of Growing Young is that older people and younger people are connecting and doing life together. That's what Growing Young is about. And Marie and I were talking and she was telling me about... These just unique intergenerational stories. I'm like, would you share it? And she said, sure. So there you go. Yeah,
1: thanks, guys. Talofa. We're glad to be back. Nofo and I and Bill Young got back on Tuesday night. And the rest of the team got back a few days earlier. There were 11 of us from the church. We partnered with a church from California who had um, 10. And then we went to a village and partnered with a church there. And so it was just this awesome experience. Our team from Kamaki, we had someone in their teens, someone in their 20s, someone in their 30s, someone in their 40s, someone in, two of us in our 50s, and someone in their 60s. And it was so good for the family of God to come together from our church and love each other as we loved other people. And so you'll see we built some really cool relationships with each other, but more important, we built these amazing relationships with the people in Samoa. We were able to do a medical clinic. We saw 380 patients in four days. We did 15 surgeries and I have decided that I am not tough. (laughs) I am not. There was one gentleman, he had this huge cyst on his arm I'm not exaggerating. This is the dining room table. He's like here, and then he's on his cell phone. (laughs) And we're doing surgery. We brought someone from Polymomy with us. We did a Bible (laughs) camp for kids because we wanted to reach the older people and the younger people. We did a pastor's conference, Nofo and I, Jack and Shaw Thompson, a pastor from New Zealand and two from California. And for two days, we talked to pastors and their wives about staying strong. So it was just this complete missions trip of age, a complete missions trip of reaching non-Christians. Paul Yi was there, April Kim was there, Jack Thompson, Steve Wilcox, Tina Villanueva, Sammy Babs, myself, Bill Young, and... I know Paul. And, oh, and my husband. <laughs> thank you. Nofo is awesome when he gets there because this is his country. And so it is just amazing for him to be able to witness and preach and share to his own people. But we couldn't have done it without all of you coming together and supporting us through prayer. So thank you so much. Next week we'll have some pictures. By then they'll be developed and we can share more. But we just love you guys and love being part of this family. So thanks, everybody. Thanks,
0: Thanks, Marie. And the beauty about uh, this Growing Young series, even though it's ended, it continues uh, to go on and because the kingdom of God is all nationalities and ethnicities, all all ages, and, and that's the beauty of the kingdom of God, and it's going to continue to go, and and today, this weekend, we start a brand new series in the book of James called Act of Faith, and we're really going to look through the, the this letter that James wrote and, and see what it meant in its original audience, and then we're going to figure out what it means to you and I today, and it's going to be an exciting adventure of what faith is all about and, and what faith could look like. As we live out our faith, we're going to ask the question, well, who was James? If we're going to look through a Bible book in the Bible, we should figure out who the author was. Then we're going to ask, why was this letter written? Then we're going to look at one of his first, uh, first um, thoughts that he brings forward, and that's the idea that life can be challenging. So let's read James chapter 1, verses 1 to 4. James chapter 1, verses 1 to 4. James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the 12 tribes scattered among the nations... Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. We're going to come back to this, but let's first ask who James was. James was the half-brother of Jesus. Now, here's something that's kind of might be mind-blowing for some. Jesus had half-brothers and half-sisters because after the Holy Spirit came upon Mary and and Mary became pregnant with with Jesus, the Son of God, and gave birth to Jesus, after that they had their own biological sons and daughters. So James was a half-brother of Jesus. Let's look at Matthew chapter 13, verses 55 to 56. Isn't this a carpenter's son? Isn't his mother's name Mary? And aren't his brothers James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas? Not Judas is scary. Different Judas. It was just a common name. Aren't all his sisters with us? Do you ever realize Jesus had half brothers and half sisters? Is that kind of interesting to think about? So, so when. Or, or, or where then did this man get all these things? And they took offense at him. Jesus' brothers took offense at him. I don't know if it was because there's some sort of favoritism. I remember two weeks ago we talked about Joseph. And, and, uh, uh, and Joseph's brothers had animosity toward him. And why? Because there's a little bit of favoritism. With, with, uh, with, with uh, Joseph's mom and dad toward Joseph. And his brothers were like, no, we're not having it. So Joseph's brothers sold him into slavery. They figured that would solve that problem. But here what we have is another example of older brothers, or younger brothers in this case, being showing some animosity toward their brother. Um, In John chapter 7, we get a clearer picture of this. John chapter 7, verses 2 to 5. But when the Jewish festival of tabernacles was near, Jesus' brothers said to him. Now, imagine this saying like in a snarky voice. Because this is the tone that's being relayed. Leave Galilee and go to Judea Judea, so that your disciples there may see the works you do. Then here it is. No one who wants to become a public figure acts in secret. Since you're doing these things, show yourself to the world. For even his own brothers did not believe in him. Jesus' own brothers did not believe in him. Jesus started his ministry. Jesus was preaching the kingdom of God and yet his brothers did not believe in him. His brothers said, no, go to the festival, because if he would have gone to the the, the festival there in John 7, chances are he would have been arrested by the Sadducees or the Pharisees or, or any of the other authorities there, and his brothers wanted him out of the picture. His brothers did not believe in him, and James did not believe in him. So that begs the question, why are we reading a book of about James from somebody who didn't believe in him. Because something happened in the life of James. And here's what happened in the life of James. It has to do with the resurrection. 1 Corinthians 15. For what I received... I pass on to you as first importance that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried and he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas and then to the twelve. After that, he appeared to more than five hundred of the brothers and sisters at the same time, most of whom are still living and have not fallen asleep, or though some have fallen asleep. Verse seven, then... He appeared to James, then to all the apostles. And last of all, he appeared to me also, as to one abnormally born. That's the Apostle Paul writing to the church in Corinth. James didn't believe Jesus. James doubted Jesus. James wanted Jesus out of the picture. But when James saw Jesus die... And when James saw with his own eyes Jesus rise from the grave, that changed everything. And the resurrection, men and women, boys and girls, the resurrection is what changes everything in our lives today. The reason we have the letter of James is because James was somebody who doubted, who didn't want his brother in the picture at all, but somebody who saw the resurrection and was like, no, this is real. And James became a leader in the Jerusalem church. He became known as a leader who led with wisdom and justice and kindness. He became known as James the Just, James the Just. And so after Peter moved on from Jerusalem... He st- Peter started all these other churches. James was the one who stepped up to lead these different churches, and or uh, within Jerusalem. So James became the the, the 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 head leader in Jerusalem, leading all these uh, all these churches. And most of the people he was ministering to were Messianic Jews. These were these were men and women who were Jewish by nationality and ethnicity, and then and then they accepted Jesus as their Messiah. And when that happened, they became followers of Jesus, and those are called Messianic Jews. So James is writing to these Messianic Jews, and what we see is that he's writing to the scattered 12 tribes all over the world. And these 12 tribes have been scattered since the Babylonian captivity, the Assyrian captivity, and then when Rome came over and conquered the promised land, Jerusalem and the surrounding areas, a lot of... Jews left as well. So he's writing to all these men and women who are scattered. And he's writing during tough times. He's writing during times when there is trials. He's writing during times where there's persecution. He's writing during times where there were famine that led to poverty. He's writing during times when things were not ideal and he's bringing an encouraging and a challenging word. And remember he was one who led with wisdom and courage. Wisdom and courage. So James, the half-brother of Jesus, who didn't believe in his brother until he saw him rise from the dead, is writing this letter to all the Messianic Jews, to all the 12 tribes scattered all over the world. And the message is for them and it's for us today. And so let's see what we have in store in this letter. What to expect in this letter. As you read this letter, it's really interesting because it's like these quick snippets. It's like, it's like these sermonettes. And there's no like linear progression to what's going on in this letter here. But, 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 but rather there's these wise nuggets. This is like James is like wisdom just like on paper where you read it and you go, wow. This is one of the books where, you, where we read and we go, ah, I feel convicted. <laughs> You know, you read through the scripture and you're like, oh man, I got to do better at that now. So this series is going to challenge all of us, myself included, to to work on our relationship with God, to see the areas where the Holy Spirit is speaking to our hearts about changing and about adjusting. And actually at the end, I'm going to challenge all of us to read the book of James, one chapter a day. It's five chapters, so you'll get an email tomorrow. Please remind me, Jerry. (laughs) Uh, you'll get an email tomorrow and, and then, and then uh, as a reminder to say, hey, let's read one chapter a day. But this book was influenced heavily by, uh, by the Sermon on the Mount. If you read the Sermon on the Mount, it's a very similar style where Sermon on the Mount is a quick sermonette here, quick sermonette here, quick sermonette here, quick, ser- quick, good, quick, good wisdom there. It's also influenced by the wisdom book of Proverbs in Proverbs chapter 1 to 9. And so if we really want to get the most out of this series over the next seven weeks, including today, my challenge is this. One, read the book of James, but also read the Sermon on the Mount, and also read Proverbs. You don't have to do it all at one time, but take little bits here and there, here and there, here and there, and ask God to speak to you through it. So as we look at this letter, we see that he was heavily influenced by the Sermon on the Mount, heavily influenced by the Wisdom Book of Proverbs. And and what we see here is that James is, is, is is filled with short, challenging wisdom speeches. And James is calling the community to live wisely, to love God, and to love your neighbor. To live wisely, to love God, and to love your neighbor. To live wisely... To love God and to love your neighbor. In the introduction here in James chapter 1, James chapter 1 touches on all the big themes that he covers in chapters 2, 3, 4, and 5. So you read chapter 1 and then you know what's going to, you know, those issues are going to come up again in chapters 2, 3, 4, and 5. And here are the 12 big themes. Favoritism versus love. Genuine faith. Taming the tongue, true versus false wisdom, a divided heart, condemning others, as in don't condemn others. Um... Uh, The arrogance of wealth, the danger of wealth, patience and endurance, let your yes be yes, faith-filled prayer, restoring others. So basically, we're going to take two of these uh, sermonettes, so to speak, two of these nuggets of wisdom, and we're going to explore them each week, pretty much in that same order, except for one week we're going to switch it, because I've invited um, uh, the Los Angeles Lakers chaplain, Rick Harville, to come speak. He's going to be in town, he's doing a basketball clinic. He was the chaplain from the Showtime era all the way past the 3 P, you know, with Gasol and Kobe, very main for the Zane basketball fans. And then about two years ago, uh, uh, he stopped being the chaplain there. So he's going to come and share and uh, spend some time with us. And I, I think that's three or four weeks from now. I forget exactly. But, but, but those are the, the themes that James is drawing attention to. Um, in this letter there 12 themes so it's kind of interesting he writes the 12 tribes scattered all over the world and then he writes about 12 themes is that coincidence I don't know but it's just kind of interesting to think about so let's look at a um, uh, let's look at where James picks up the the first thing that James picks up is 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 where he calls attention to life can be challenging we've talked a lot about this haven't we Has anybody ever gone through life and never faced one challenge? Just raise your hand. Never faced a challenge in your life. Anybody? Okay, just checking. We're good. All right. Now, if you've ever faced a challenge in your life, raise your hand. Any sort of challenge in your life, raise your hand. All right. Interesting. Everyone's hand goes up. Good. So James, way back when, says life can be challenging, and life brings trials and tests. Say trials and say tests. Okay, so James is getting real. James, James is one of those books that gets in your face, and you read it, and you're like, oh, my gosh. And James is not, like, trying to sugarcoat anything. He's saying, here's the deal. If we're following Jesus, here's some things that, that would honor him. And he gets right to the point there. So let's look at James chapter 1, verses 2 and 4 again. Consider it pure joy. Now, just for a moment, pure joy. Say the word pure joy. Whenever someone comes to us with a problem, have we ever once says, consider this problem a joy in the Lord? I've never said that. But James is saying, consider it pure joy. Like you know, you just lost your dog or something, you know, like because animals become family. Oh, consider it pure joy. That's not the best time to say that, but pure joy. Pure joy, my brothers and sisters. Whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work, so that you may become mature and complete, not lacking anything. The King James version actually says, "So you may become perfect." The idea of perfect is this: as mature and complete, not lacking anything. So the, the book of James here is, 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 James is telling us that life can be challenging and that life brings trials. In fact, after James wrote this letter, he was martyred, history tells us. He was killed for the faith. And so some of the trials he was going through, there was loneliness. They were scattered all over the land. They're always wondering, are they ever going to be able to come back? There was, there was sickness. There was persecution. There was relationship problems. There was, a, there was a sadness with some of them. There was all these different issues going on that he's writing to. All these things going on that he's saying, this is what's happening. And, and these are the situations. And But he's still writing in the midst of all these challenges. And you know what I've learned about life's challenges over the years is that We all know life brings difficulties. We all know life brings trials. But what I've learned is that the severity of the problems we face often have to do with how we respond to them. The severity of the problems we face often have to do with how we respond to them. And life's challenges, life's trials, they could either help us grow in the Lord or 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 we could use them to stunt our spiritual growth. For example, if a trial comes in our lives, and if every time a trial comes, we blow up, and we get mad, and we just like lose our cool every single time, we're not going to grow in maturity. Or if a situation or a trial comes up, and we blame other people, it's their fault, their fault, their fault, their fault, and we never try to see what's our role in it. We're never going to grow in maturity. Maturity. Life brings all sorts of trials, finances and careers and persecutions and relationships, and these trials will do everything they can to take our faith away. These trials, these tests will try to steal our faith. They will get us to question the goodness of God, but James challenges us to consider these challenges. Consider these trials as an opportunity for the seniors who just graduated high school or for the students who just graduated college. There will be even more trials in your life, trials that will try to steal your faith, challenge that will try to question why you believe what you believe. And you have a choice to continue on this path of following the Lord. A choice of figuring out what is going on in life. Or to figure out, as in verse 2 says, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. And the word testing or the word trial is directed uh, toward an end. So, and the end is the one who is tested should emerge stronger and purer from the tested From 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 the trial. So so let me explain it like this. So we have this trial, and, and what this word means and is talking about and getting to that you have this trial. But the trial is there's an end. And the end of the trial, the ultimate end is that is that through that we're we're stronger and we're more mature in the Lord. So over here it might be a trial of relationships, of family, of spouse, of kids, of of work, of whatever it is. This is a trial. And the question is, is how we handle this trial will will determine whether we end up over here more mature, more complete, more fulfilled in the Lord because the Lord was with us in the process. That's the ultimate goal of these tests and trials. Or if we have a test and trial in our life and we blame people and we say, it's not my fault, it's their fault, I'm not going to deal with this, I'm just going to, you know, whatever it is, we're not going to grow And the ultimate end of this trial, we're supposed to to be over there, but we're going to be right where we were. Trials are not fun, but the reason, the reason James can say consider it pure joy is because he knew that the Holy Spirit will strengthen us if we're able to get to this other side because we become stronger, we become mature, and we become fulfilled. That's the beauty of trials and testings. Imagine if we had that perspective of trials and testing in our lives. Imagine that, that. That we know it's not good, we know it's not easy, but yet we do know if we handle it in a godly manner, we become stronger and more mature in the Lord. That is exciting. So when we, uh, when we conquer them, and when we kind of get through them with the help of God, the Holy Spirit, we we are stronger. And uh, and the, the word James uses here for testing, I was reading a number of different scholars on this. Like I, I don't ever like to like say, well, the Greek word says this because it's uh, you know I took lots of Greek in college, but I've forgotten most of my Greek, so <laughs> I rely on like the, the, the like the Greek scholars, you know. <laughs> so I say this. T- taking it from the smart people, but so 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 the Greek word here that's talking about testing or or trial or or, or, or things like that um, has to do with um, it's, it's 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 the same word for sterling coinage. So the word testing or trial um, um, in these verses is the word for sterling coinage, like a silver coin. So so years ago, a silversmith would get a coin, but the way a silversmith Years ago would figure out if this coin was, was pure and had all its impurities gone, is that they would put the coin in a pot they would heat it up to a certain temperature. And what would happen is, is, is on the top, you'd see this like this, uh, this impurities come up. They, they call it the dross. And that was all the impurities coming up. And then, and then the silversmith would get the, uh, scrape it all off, and he would repeat the process. Then it would come up, the impurities would come up to the top, and then he would scrape the process. He would do it over and over again. The way the silversmith knew that this silver coin was pure and had no impurities in it, was when he could take this silver coin and see his image in it. Isn't that a beautiful picture? James uses this word on purpose because this was a common word that everyone would have known and would have used in this time frame. This is a beautiful picture because that's exactly what you and I are called to be. We are the image of God. And our goal is that we are to be a reflection of God. And that our goal is that when God looks down and sees us, he sees his reflection in us. Isn't that a beautiful picture there that James is just evoking? That's a beautiful picture of what God wants from all of us. We are created in his image. We have the ability to be in relationships with God and with others No other creation, of of all creation, can say that. Only you and I can. And when we go through trials, when we go through testing, and we do it in a way that honors God, and the Holy Spirit is guiding us through that, it is us becoming stronger and more mature in the Lord. You know, sometimes it's easier to try to escape problems. Like when a situation comes up, it's easier to kind of dodge problems, to avoid problems. It's easier. Heading, dealing with the problem head on and or, or trying to avoid the problem. Most people want to avoid the problem, but heading, dealing with the issue head on is difficult. But James says, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, because he knew the end result. And may you and I be men and women. That, that, that when we go through trials, we look at it, even though as difficult as it may be, we're able to see the other side and we're able to see that through the help of the Holy Spirit, we become more mature and more complete in the Lord. Now listen, I'm not trying to minimize anybody's trials because there are some trials that we're going through right now. In a, in a large group that we have here, there are so many issues going on. There's so many just deep-seated issues, some pain, some losses, some relationship brokenness, and the list goes on and on and on. I'm not trying to minimize that at all. What I'm trying to get us to see, or what James, rather, is trying to get us to see is that when we have these trials, let's ask God to enter in those trials with us. And maybe for some who's really struggling, just muster up whatever faith you can to ask God to meet you in your struggle. And so as the band comes, let me challenge everyone, and I'm going to do this along with you, that we read one chapter of James a day. The, James, the letter of James is five chapters. So we'll start tomorrow or for the Students here, the scholars who want to get the star, you start today. I'll start tomorrow. <laughs> well, we'll, but if you start today, we'll, we'll we'll have stars for you next week. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but but read one chapter a day, the book of James. And just see what God speaks through you. And then, maybe the two other days, you could read some of the Proverbs. You could read some Sermon on the Mount and just see what God says. But let's, as a church, as a church body, as a family, let's be reading Scripture together. And let's read through this. And in your Ohana groups, talk about what God is speaking to you through these different passages. How exciting is that? And what is God saying to you in this? And then as you talk to your friends, see what God would say to you in and through these passages here. And so let's read these passages together. I'm going to close by reading the same passage in the message paraphrase version of the Bible. I, James, am a servant of God and the Master Jesus, writing to the 12 tribes scattered to kingdom come. Hello. Consider it a sheer gift, friends, when tests and challenges come at you from all sides. You know that under pressure, your faith life is forced into the open and shows its true colors. So don't try to get out of anything prematurely. Let it do its work in you so you become mature and well-developed not deficient in any way. May you and I be able to get to the point where we consider it pure joy to face trials of many kinds. Amen? Let's stand and let's respond to the Lord.